Hey, I'm Courtney Brooke, and this is Hustle for Happiness podcast. We are all on this journey to find happiness, and let's face it, it takes work. And honestly, it's not always rainbows and butterflies. This podcast is dedicated to helping you navigate life and cut through the noise. As a certified life coach, recovering perfectionist, and survivor of the foster care system, I'm all about keeping things real. With my unique outlook on life that is truly infectious, we cover everything from achieving happiness and optimal self-care to stories of those sharing their wisdom and expertise. Thank you for showing up for yourself. Now, let's get started. Here we go. All right. We are back. Happy Monday. It is Hustle for Happiness time. I'm Courtney. I am so honored to have 30 minutes of your day. That is so much time, and it's just such a blessing to me to be even considered in your head, in your lives, changing your life, or even if you just take one gem today, I ask you, and I thank you for being a part of my life, and I ask you to share if you love this episode, if it touches you, or if you know someone who actually might benefit from this episode, send it their way. All right, let's start every episode, how we do it, with our high, low, and buffalo. So my high lately has been just really taking the time to visit with my family and friends. I've had a lot of visitors this past month, a couple weeks in Wyoming, and it's been really nice. You know, I've been putting a lot of time into my business and this podcast and my coaching, and I haven't really given enough time to my friends or family. So really seeing them and spending that quality time with them has been so, so, so rewarding. And it's been filling my cup in a different way. You know, I think about, you know, being productive and how much am I doing in business and who's who's booking me or who am I getting on the podcast and just output, output, output. But what's really been filling my cup is just loving the people that love me so much. And that's been my high. My low It's a weird one, and I'm still working on this. Well, I don't want to label it weird. Let's scratch that. But my low has been really working on sharing my needs. It's been really quite a journey, actually, just communicating what I need. Usually, I ask everyone else what they need and to hear it and to be open. But if I took that own advice for myself and actually said, what do I need more often, I think I'd be a lot more grounded and okay with all that's going on in my life, but it's been hard to express my needs, especially because things have just been going so fast lately. So I've been really working hard on putting my needs first and actually embracing how uncomfortable it has been. So if you're like me that just loves giving and making sure everyone else is okay, this is our sign to say it's okay to acknowledge our needs. And I'm still working on this. Like I said, it is very uncomfortable to put myself first when I am so used to putting everyone else first. And my buffalo is putting myself out there on this podcast. So it's been really interesting. I've been getting great responses and feedback with just getting guests on the podcast. I genuinely have been reaching out to people and the response has been so awesome. People want to come on the podcast and share their journey on happiness and bringing goodness into your lives and the listeners that will continue to keep tuning into Hustle for Happiness. But I just, 
my Buffalo has been so interesting because I'm putting myself out there connecting with people. You know, I work alone all day unless I'm coaching. And it's been really rewarding just to reach out and put myself out there and show courage in a different way. You know, this podcast has been so awesomely rewarding and very surprising that how rewarding it has been. And so just getting people to say yes as guests on the podcast just keeps adding to that surprise of how awesome this journey is of me leaning into this podcast. So that's been really awesome. Well, this is the advice column where you guys write your questions. You need advice, opinions, maybe even a little bit of coaching. But you guys email me, DM me on the Hustle for Happiness podcast or even my own personal page. But this is your chance to get advice on things going on in your life, things you have coming up in your life. But really, this is your time to run the show. So we've got a lot of questions. I'm going to try to get to as many as I can. So let's just get straight into this, right? Question one, it says, I recently went through a breakup and find it difficult to move on. How can I heal from heartbreak and embrace a positive mindset to open myself up to new love? Heartbreak is never an easy thing. And it's a unique journey for everyone. I encourage you actually, rather than to just move on, you know, Western society has this funny thing where we say just to move on and not really to heal or process or just acknowledge the feelings of being heartbroken in this case. And I I just want to encourage that word move on. And I want to just hold space for that really quick. And what if we didn't just move on and rush through those feelings? You know, Eastern medicine says we heal, we go slow, we process, we nurture, and we grow. And this idea of just moving on from a heartbreak, you know, really understanding why you are in this position of heartbreak, right? Analyze the relationship, what you need for yourself, and, you know, really diving deep and and getting to know you. You know, you don't just want to jump straight into a relationship. My advice to you, if it were me, is to get to know yourself and your needs and really just go back to dating yourself and exploring what you love again. Healing is a huge part from heartbreak. So I'm hearing that you want to love again and fall in love. But in order to really do that, like, be gentle with yourself and allow yourself to process the emotions that are coming up for you during this breakup and not just jumping into another one. Society says, you know, Barbie and Ken, you grew up playing with dolls. Oh, where's Barbie? And then there's Ken. You know, you don't need Ken or you might not need Barbie, but it's like, Be alone with yourself. Explore and love things that you love personally. That way you just really get to know yourself and engage in activities that bring you joy again. Reignite the passions, you know. I see heartbreak as, you know, think of a fresh fire and there's burnt wood and dirt everywhere. You got to allow for regrowth to happen, you know. You got to reignite some of those things that used to make you excited and explore and, you know, heal. Give yourself time to heal and to grow that idea of you are deserving of love and happiness and embracing this positive mindset will actually allow you to attract new experiences in your life, right? So 
this idea of just moving on, I really, really encourage you just to date yourself again. You know, that is my biggest tool. Like when I, even if it's a friendship that ends, it doesn't have to be a relationship breakup, right? It could be that you got fired from your job or, you know, you didn't get the bonus you want. I think this idea of heartbreak doesn't just necessarily have to be in a relationship, even though this question specifically asks, how do you find new love? But we can take the same ideology and apply it to anything that we feel kind of burned from, right? And allow yourself to heal. Reflect on it. You know, journaling is a great way to process your emotions, a great way to reflect, and a great way to heal. You know, when we write down things on paper, it kind of transfers from our mind to out of our fingers and into like, it's like you're releasing, right? Think of journaling as releasing things and letting go of that energy that you're holding inside of your body and your mind onto that paper. It's very therapeutic. And if you're not a big journaler, my advice to you is really to find a support system and to build that. You know, surround yourself with people who uplift you and encourage you and really just allow you to share your feelings. Again, it's getting that out. Sharing your feelings and journaling are like one's verbal and one's writing, but you're releasing that energy out of your body, right? You're getting it out and onto paper or into friends and building your community of that support system. Or maybe it's a family member. Maybe you're really close with your brother or sister. Just find that support system that you feel trusted and safe that allows you to really heal and process everything. You know, when we connect with others who have gone through similar experiences, that can also provide the same understanding and a sense of validation. You know, vulnerability is a huge piece. You know, we all go through heartbreak. So thinking that you're the only one or keeping it to yourself, you're kind of poisoning yourself. Vulnerability is this act of humility and it actually brings us closer. Think about it. When someone comes to you and says, hey, I messed up on my test or, you know, this guy dumped me. Like us as human beings like to help. One, but two, when we talk about our problems with other people, we actually make ourselves more relatable and people want to help us, be there for us. And, you know, we're not alone. So having that self-compassion is really key to like processing healing. And eventually, yes, you can find new love, but don't make it about just finding love. Don't just move on. Go slow. Let's adopt this Eastern medicine of going slow, feeling, understanding the root cause of why, in this instance, why your heart broke happen. Or if we allow these feelings to just naturally release and we naturally allow ourselves to process, you're actually going to heal and most likely evolve. So go slow with yourself, heal, don't just move on and into another relationship. That is the last thing I recommend you to do. It's not good. You don't need a relationship hop. And guess what? Your relationship is already on its way. So why are you hurrying? Or I should say your next relationship is already on its way. Why are we hurrying? You know the outcome. You're going to find someone. So what's the rush? Just work on yourself and go slow and adapt this Eastern mindset of just understanding and creating an awareness and reflecting and really feeling. Another great idea that helps me that I really love to do is really considering engaging in activities that promote self-expression. You're like, Courtney, what is self-expression? I'll go slow. It's like journaling or creative outlets. 
maybe you're not a journal. So maybe you want creative outlets. That could be singing. That could be dancing. That could be painting, listening to music, writing music. It's using that right brain for creativity. You know, when we think of breaking up, it has to be logical. Why did I do this? What did I do wrong? We think it's very logical. It's actually not very logical. And we are, we're often trying to find answers of why these things happen. Let's get out of our left brain, the critical brain, and into our right brain and do more self-expressions really to stir up those feelings, to process those feelings, and to really understand When we express our emotions and thoughts through these outlets, it's actually really cathartic and can really actually help you gain clarity and insight. You know, we think of using our left brain to get this clarity and insight, but it's actually our right brain. Our right brain, when we do these self-expression activities, that's where we're going to start to find the answers. So get grounded. Go walk outside. Go paint outside. There's so many ways to allow yourself to feel. It doesn't have to be a journaling. You can go work out, but do something that is so left, not left brain, and get into your right brain. Like simply Google right-brained activities and find something that is just self-expressive and allows you to release those feelings and to also feel those feelings. Because I'm so big on feeling. Like James will come up to me and be like, I'm feeling like crap today. And I'm like, good. What a great opportunity for you to feel. You know, what are we rushing around? Like, let's really feel. So James will literally come to me or I will be like, why am I fighting these feelings? And I'm like, wait a minute, check myself. Why am I in a rush to get over these feelings? Why am I in a, what am I rushing through? Like, I'm going to get over these feelings eventually, but if I feel more, then I'll allow myself to process more and really understand these emotions. Maybe I need to slow down. Maybe I am rushing into the next relationship or I'm hurrying to get into it. We will get to where we need to be. What is the rush if we know the end game? So go slow and just be self-expressive and feel. I feel like I'm sounding like a broken record, but it's true. If you're getting frustrated or finding yourself rushing, it's like, dude, slow down. And then lastly, lastly, on the part of healing, my last piece of advice for you is practice that self-care. Really love yourself. Like go hard in the self-care. Like when people want to hang out with you and you don't really feel like hanging out, say no. That is the ultimate form of self-care. When you can really be alone and say no happily and like enjoy yourself. Prioritize activities that nurture your well-being, like physical activities, getting enough sleep, maintaining a balanced diet. Taking care of your physical health can really have a positive impact on your emotional well-being. You find yourself going to happy hour every night to meet a guy, maybe you should create a little more balance. Like there's these extreme activities you can do that might not be beneficial, but really think about putting yourself first. Is this really who I want to show up? Is this who I really want to be with? And I'm talking about me, like is saying this to myself, like, is this who I really want to be with? Like a girl that goes to happy hour? Like I need to go do things that I love and that nurture and fill my cup. Are you scrolling every day? 
that could be your downtime, but let's be real. Is it filling your cup or do you still, when you get off social media, still feel drained? Because there's a difference if you go for a walk with no cell phones and then get back from your walk. I'm like, wow, I feel good. Like if you feel that way after your self-care activity, then you've done your job. But really be intentional with your self-care practice. Don't do things that are going to drain you because then you're going to show up in your future relationship like that or you just, it all is connecting. So back to the question of you going through a breakup and it's difficult to move on, scratch the move on. Enjoy the difficult part of trying to move on and find yourself. Why is this difficult? What are you shedding? Like it is such a beautiful opportunity to get to know yourself, date yourself and You don't have to be a partner. You don't have to be with someone to be happy. You've got to be with yourself first and be happy. And then the person that comes into your life is just going to add so much more happiness to your life. I mean, I remember dating so many guys that before James and I'm like, this is the guy and I would settle and I would be like, oh my gosh, this like, what if this is the last guy? And I'm like, wait a minute, why am I living in this scarcity mindset? Just know that there's an abundance out there for you and don't settle. Be alone with yourself. There is nothing wrong with it. I still love hanging out with myself, even though I love my husband. Let's be real. I met James when I was ultimately happy with myself and I didn't expect it. And that's what I want for you. And I want you to consider this when you're dating is, are you happy alone? Are you doing this out of convenience? Are you dating this person or going to happy hour because you don't want to be alone? And if that's you, let's work on finding you guys or you gals or anyone listening, being comfortable being alone. Like that is the next goal, like not moving on from this guy or girl or this heartbreak. It's really how you can love yourself and be with yourself. All right. I think I went on my tangent long enough. Let's go to question number two. So this is another one based on relationships. I guess we got a lot of relationships. Maybe it's like summertime breakup or, well, this one actually, I'm just now reading it for the first time. It's about communication. So let's just get straight into it. I want to improve my communication skills in my relationships, but I often struggle with expressing myself clearly. How can I become a better communicator and foster healthier connections? All right. I love that you're trying to get better at communicating. Like that is an excellent goal and skill that not only is going to help you with relationships, but in your career, with friendships, with family. So if you guys aren't going through relationship communication, like This is still going to apply to you in any relationship. And most importantly, the relationship with yourself. When you communicate with yourself, that's how you communicate with others, right? I'll say that again. How you communicate with yourself is how you communicate with everyone. So let's get our home in order. Let's get our communication with ourselves in order. And then we can communicate better with ourselves. But second half of this question. So, but I, okay. I want to improve. I got excited there. Here's the real question. I want to improve my communication skills and relationships, but I often struggle with expressing myself clearly. How can I become a better communicator and foster healthier connections? All right. So yes, communication skills are excellent in all aspects of life. I just got to repeat that. This is awesome that you want to get better at communicating. So let's apply this just in a in a generic format, not even just relationships. So really what I have to just hit this home is active listening. You know, paying attention 
close attention to what the other person is saying and showing genuine interest in their perspective. You know, there are so many opinions out there. And if you don't have the same opinion, you can't be friends and you can't talk like they're a bad person or they don't see what I see. Let's be real. Regardless of our perspectives, we still should be having that open-minded listening and active listening regardless of our backgrounds and our differences. You know, what really is an active listener though is avoiding interrupting or formulating your response before they finish speaking. I've been so guilty of this and I still continue working on this, but what really helps me be an active listener is being so present in the conversation. Like if I start to find myself formulating what I'm going to say, I say, whoa. And I actually like erase the whole conversation. I get back to the present moment. I literally watch their mouth move. That really helps me get out of my head and back into the conversation because active listening is not planning your response. Active listening is genuinely listening, not knowing where the conversation is going. So that's super, super key. Another way to help me be an active listener is really just summarizing. You know, after another person has shared their thoughts, I paraphrase or summarize what they've said just to ensure that we're thinking the same things, you know, that there is no potential misunderstandings or assumptions that I know what they're talking about. Now, that might be hard because some of us like to appear that we know everything. This is, again, we bring vulnerability back into this piece is it's okay not to know everything. Actually, when you ask more questions to the person, it's like you're listening. Well, you are listening because you're active listening using questioning. You know, you don't appear weak when you ask questions. I just want to say that. Explore conversations with a childlike mindset. When we paraphrase or summarize, that allows us to re- regurgitate, I guess, repeat what they've said to us. And that allows us to get on the same page. It makes me feel like I'm really listening to the conversation. And if I really don't know what they're talking about, summarizing it back actually allows them to repeat to me and make sure we are on the same page so there is no miscommunication. So for example, you say, I hear what you're saying and I can understand why you feel that way. Can you tell me more about what led you to that perspective? Asking these open-ended questions are a really great way to be that active listener without assuming. And you're asking questions, which I think is the ultimate form of vulnerability. When you're not afraid to ask questions and you don't want to appear like you know everything, that actually, again, makes you more human and relatable to the person you're speaking with or even in a relationship and you're actually engaged, and they feel back that you're engaged because you're asking these questions. So this is another way to become a better communicator and just in general, just foster these healthier connections. One of my favorite ways is using I statements. Like when you express your feelings or concerns using I statements, you're avoiding sounding accusatory. So remember, like you, why did you have to take the laundry out? You know, there's another way to say that without using I. Instead of saying, why'd you take the laundry out? Hey, I'm not sure why, but is the laundry out? Or I feel like the laundry came out too early. I feel, I feel like putting that I really displaces. So it takes it off of them and puts it on you, but you're really getting to know and asking the question you really want. So 
For example, I feel overwhelmed when there's a lot of clutter around the house. Can we find a way to work together to keep things more organized? When we say I and we, it's not all about them. You know, when think about it, when someone's like, why did you put that away? That like you automatically like get defensive, you back up, you kind of go on high alert a little bit, right? So just a simple thing that is something we can all do is really use I statements. When James and I were first dating and I still to this day, I was guilty of using you statements. You didn't text me back. You didn't call me back. Or why are you doing this? You know, it's really accusatory when we say these you, you, you statements. So replacing the you with I and bringing the we into it really actually evens the playing field in terms of bringing the person you're talking to into the conversation rather than this approach of talking down. I hope that kind of makes sense. I mean, you, you're going to create an awareness around it now, but just really that I statement is huge In terms of anything, in terms of you don't want to come off accusatory. And that's what this really is about. So it's also fostering and creating this healthier relationship, again, with communicating. All right. So one of my other favorite ones is just to lighten the mood of things, get a little serious, is using humor. It sounds weird, but just hear me out. Humor can really help lighten the mood and create a more relaxed atmosphere during conversation. But just remember, like the context... Just ensure that the human humor is respective and inclusive. Like someone's like, oh, why is he so grumpy? I always say, you know, I get grumpy too. Or I hate when I get grumpy. Like it displaces it a little bit because we all get grumpy. But you know that that person is making a comment out of insecurity or, you know, just if you create this awareness around understanding why people say comments, you can really actually foster this healthy relationship with communicating. And that is, I love using humor. Like it's, it just makes it lighter because you know, like I know when people gossip or when people say, oh, she's being so assertive. I go, yeah, I get that way too. Don't you hate that? Like it kind of breaks it up. So you don't really fall into this, another term, but you don't fall into this triangulation. Like what that means is like you're adding to the drama. So the applying this humor, like technique removes you from the drama and actually really acknowledges that we're all we're all human, right? That's why I said, oh, I hate when I get tired too. You know, I put it on me, I statements, we can double these up. But then I also add the humor to it because I don't want to be a part of the drama. Like it sucks my energy. And I notice that a lot when I'm around family, people complain and I just remove myself from the drama by using humor. It's the easiest way for me to just not get involved. Highly suggest it. Some people like the drama. I have other things to deal with. My energy is like my protected vessel. Like if you don't come into my body, you don't come into my energy, it's mine. I didn't give you permission. You know, treat it like that. Like your energy is your energy. Just like our cell phones, we only have a certain amount of battery life, right? I mean, if you think it like that. And then lastly, these are all, this is a nonverbal cue, but using nonverbal cues, right? What does that mean? eye contact, body language, nodding to show that you're engaged, and using appropriate facial expressions. These cues can really help convey that you're understanding and being empathetic. Like if you notice that your friend is showing up really sad after a a breakup or they got fired or, you know, their spouse is just really stressed out, don't come back with them with your high energy, right? You don't go approach someone with 
who's sad. So what I'm trying to say is like, say you're at a funeral. You don't go happy there, right? You read the nonverbal cues. Sadness, slow talking, not making eye contact. But say you're at a party. Energy's high. So match that energy where you're at. That's a really great way to show empathy and to show that you're really trying to engage and communicate with whoever you're really trying to communicate. But reading the behaviors and these nonverbal cues, really just matching that. So think of it like you don't even have to say anything and you instantly know when someone's upset kind of thing. Match that. Be empathetic and say, hey, I noticed you're down. How are you? You know, acknowledge these feelings rather than, oh, I'm not going to say anything. They were in a grumpy mood. Well, that person is completely isolated. You're not being empathetic and you're not being there for them. Ask them. If you notice a friend's energy is down, you would say, hey, are you okay? I noticed you're down. Same with a friend that is super excited and energized. Hey, you're super energetic. How was your day? What's with the energy? I love it. Then they're going to share with you too. But you can use these both good for high energy and low energy. You just really these nonverbal cues are the, the fastest way to really show the empathy and being that better communicator. So I really hope some of those things helped. I mean, there's so many things out there, but these are really things that I, at the top of my head, have come up with. I want to share with you what I preach on too is it comes back to us. I statements, active listening. Don't put it on your partner. Oh, they didn't listen to me. Well, how are you not listening to them? You know, where is the wisdom in that? You know, where's the wisdom in them telling you that you're not listening to them rather than taking it personally? Again, we bring it back to ourselves and say, what can I control in this situation? Was I really active listening or was I planning on what I was going to say? Was I blaming this person with you statements or am I using I statements. Acknowledging those emotions when someone is sad really allows you to create an understanding with the other person you're talking to rather than just not acknowledging that they're in a grumpy mood. And these are all little things we can start today. And guess what? We start them. It starts with us. It starts with me and it starts with you. You don't have to read nonverbal cues when you nod at someone, that starts with you. Like Then they'll probably nod back, right? They'll reciprocate or mirror your energy. When we find that someone is acknowledging us and being genuine with us, most likely the conversation is really going to go well, even if we don't expect it to go well. You know, so you can use these in tough business meetings. You can use these in tough friend conversations, but these are just great ways to start today. All right. We have one more question, I think. One more question. Time goes by so fast. I didn't realize how 30 minutes. I've been single for a while and feel discouraged about finding a compatible partner. How can I stay positive and maintain hope in my search for love? Ah, you know, it's completely normal to feel discouraged at times. I just want to acknowledge that. Remember that finding a compatible partner takes time. And it's kind of like watching paint dry. When you sit there and look at it, it takes forever, right? But if you do other things and keep yourself busy and focus on you, that paint dries super fast. And just like that, your relationship will come fast too, you know? So my advice for you is to just really try focusing on self-growth and pursuing activities you enjoy. And really most importantly is just to keep an open mind, you know? taking breaks when needed and surrounding yourself with positive 
people and influences that can also help. Remember, you're not alone through this. You know, we think of isolating and retracting and pulling back when something bad happens, but that is the most perfect time to just open ourselves up and share the pain and share the anger and the frustrations and the, in this case, discouragement and finding love. Staying hopeful and trust that the right person will come along when the time is right. And I just want you to like embrace that. You know, your your partner is out there. Anyone who's in this position, just discouraged and why not me? Why not me? I want you to really reflect on that statement. Why not me? That's victim talk right there. And I'm not sure if any those of you tuning in, victim talk is this poor me mentality. Why is this happening to me? That's scarcity mindset. But if we switch it, it's like, this is happening for me. You know, I haven't found my partner. Why not me? No, it's I haven't found my partner yet. When is he going to come? Why not me? Like that's victim. But when is my partner going to come? I don't know what I'm going to do. Like that is such a scarcity mindset. But we live in this abundance that everything is happening for me and everything's a choice. And you know, this breakup is redirecting you for something greater, something beyond your wildest dreams. And I really want you to believe that and harness it. And if not, let's get you there. Let's get you to believing that your partner is out there. But I want you to take a few things that I've kind of made a mini list of how you can stay positive. Because that's the thing. We get discouraged, but how do we keep staying positive? And, you know, I can't do this on my own. It's I'm tired of being this happy being my own cheerleader. I'm tired of it. You know, when is this life going to end? Some of us are thinking, and I can relate with you and I'm here for you. And so this victim mindset is one. If you can't get into this abundance mindset, I have some tips for us to really try until we are abundant, right? Because it is a practice and some of us might not know how to be abundant. So when we think of heartbreak, I want you to encourage you that you don't need to be with anyone to be happy. You just need to be with yourself self and your person will come when it's time. And you might actually, as you get older, you'd be like, what was I thinking? I just needed me and I just needed to believe in myself and I needed to exude this energy of abundance. Cause you know, at the end of the day, when we say, when am I going to find my partner? Why not me? That's, that's putting out an energy too. If you think about it, like, oh my gosh, this girl is desperate or this guy is desperate. Whoever is listening in, but it's, disparity. It's scarcity, but the energy does come off too. You know, there is like, you know, when you just instantly connect with somebody, that energy exudes the same type of energy exudes when you're just looking for that partner. So, and you're discouraged. So here's some like a quick couple tips that I want to share with you for those that need to keep maintaining this positive mindset through finding themselves and then finding love. So this is your step one is finding yourself. Be open-minded. Don't limit yourself to one type. James, I married him, was not my type, not anything like the guys I was dating. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for a guy that's completely different than my type because obviously the type that I thought I liked was not the type that I was attracted to. So don't limit yourself to one type. Be open-minded. It's the quality of guy. You don't have to date them all. Just really challenge yourself to be open-minded to multiple types of guys. And to piggyback off that is don't keep a list of requirements either. I just have to say that. I've had clients show me their three-page PDFs of 
the guy that they're attracted to and the guy that they will marry. You know, you don't have to limit yourself to a type or to a PDF list of qualities and characteristics of your future partner. I can't believe like people do this because I just think of it so limiting. What if something is not on your list that you didn't even think of, yet you're holding yourself to this list, to these rules? You're binding yourself and really limiting. Don't don't do that. Please, like be so open-minded that you surprise yourself because that's where I believe the magic happens. When we surprise ourselves and keep this open mind, that's when that energy comes out. That's when we exude that we're open, but also it's it's just you're not limiting yourself. So scratch the list. Maybe you have a list. Go burn it and do a ritual and say, I am open-minded today. Or if you have a type or pros and cons, have a ritual for yourself. Flush it down the toilet if you don't want to burn it, but scratch those. Like, get that out. We are open-minded people starting today, starting right now, okay? All right, so practice mindful dating. What does that really mean? So this is number two, practice mindful dating. Approach dating with a mindful mindset. Focus on fully being present during your interactions, actively listening and observing the other person, you know, make the most out of your dates. But like mindful dating is also being mindful when you say yes and not just because you don't want to be alone or you haven't gone on a date in a while or he just fits the mold or you just you don't like being alone. You know, really be mindful with your intentions on saying yes to who you're going on a date with. And then when you do say yes, be mindful and present during those dates. Be yourself, show up for yourself through these dates. Put your best foot forward. Be engaged. Listen to the conversations. Obviously, we have shitty dates. I get that. But like when you're intentional, you are have a success rate of your dates being better. Just to finish this up is mindful dating is just practice authentic communication and express your true self. I mean, you're marrying your future partner. And if you don't believe in marriage, Make your time worthwhile. Like if you're choosing dates that you're like, gosh, why am I dating so much and you're drained? Like that's on you. That's your choice. So when we are intentional and we're mindful and we show up to these dates with 100% of ourselves to be our true self, your dates are most likely going to go well. You won't be feel drained. And if you find yourself being drained from dating, take a break. That's okay. That's totally okay. I remember dating actually. And I was living in Little Italy at the time in San Diego. And I was tired. I was tired of drinking during dates. I was like, you know what? Like, I'm tired of getting drunk, going to a bar, like not intentional dates. I was like, you know what? I need to take a step back. I'm going to switch up my dating game. I am not going to drink during a few dates and just see how that goes. And it was actually a crazy surprise. I got more second and third dates because I was showing up as my true self. I wasn't drinking. They were intentional. I was surprised by this because I had way more confidence. But then the more I did it, I actually was like, do I get along with this person? I was really able to get better at dating because I wasn't hiding behind alcohol. Now, don't get me wrong. 
I did drink during some dates, but not every date after that was like that. But my point is experiment with what works for you. Be intentional about dating. Maybe rather than going to happy hour, go on a walk, go on a hike. Obviously share your location because I don't want anyone missing. Be smart about it, but maybe go grab coffee. Switch up your dating so you actually can show up better. Maybe you don't like being out late because you're tired for work the next day, or you don't want to You miss your workouts because you're going on these dates. Really just set yourself up for success and honestly, take it seriously. I mean, you're trying to find your partner and even if you're not trying to find your partner and you're having fun, like that's your time. So make sure it's at least with a fun person. Like I'm not saying you have to go into every date like talking about marriage, but you know, you want to hang out with someone you're compatible with. I remember a lot of those dates that I actually didn't drink on ended up turning out to be my friends. To this day, some of them are still my friend. Like surprisingly, but some of these dates turn into connections and it's great networking and it's a really good social experiment. Let's be real. If you want to practice putting yourself out there, practice that during a date. You have nothing to lose, right? So how I approach dating is I want to be more confident. So I showed up like not leading every pause of a conversation and trying to fill the pauses with conversation. I actually shut up. I actually shut up and let them lead the conversation because I wanted to see if they could carry a conversation. But have fun with it. Treat dating like a social experiment and just see what happens. You know, what do you have to lose? All I saw it as as a way for me to work on myself and show up as my true self. If you're trying to find your partner, you just want to mix it up. You know, concerts are great. You know, local events are super fun way to meet people in your community. And, you know, if you're a music person or if you love hiking or hiking meetups, like, Do things and meet up with people that do like-minded things. I really believe that rather than forcing ourselves at these bars, you know, do things that you like to do too. Or if you just want to keep it simple, beach walks or sunsets. Like, I, I can't believe like more people don't do this unless I was just like, I think I'm the only one because I think that's a really good idea. But we get discouraged, but I encourage you to reflect back on yourself of why you're being discouraged. What are you doing that you could do better? How are you just running through the motions of dating? And really ask yourself, what date do I want to show up as? And what kind of person do I want to date? You know, you're never going to get that time back. But this is an opportunity for you to show up for yourself. You know, this dating, we think of it's outer directed, like we think about the other person, but you're the other person at that date too right? Make it worth your while. You know, you don't have to drink. You don't have to go do what they want to do. And maybe you're the type that leads all these dates or leads the conversation or leads these friendships. Maybe you have a lot of one-sided friendships where you're the one that's always reaching out to hang out. Maybe we stop that. Maybe you let them reach out. It's just an opportunity to try something different and to really learn about yourself. And it might be hard. Gosh, Was it hard to not drink? Yes, I went through some awful dates. But gosh, I learned about myself. And that's all it's about is when we take these moments and reflect on how we can learn about ourselves. You know, I came up with some other fun ideas. Go on a dating challenge. Challenge yourself to a certain amount of dates, but quality dates. You know, maybe I do five dates, no drinking. Or maybe I do five hiking dates. The easy route, whatever your easy route of dating might be, Mix it up for yourself. My point is create a dating challenge. You know, one of my favorite things, because James and I met on Hinge, is I would find myself being so consumed with swiping. And I was like, you know what? 
I'm only going to do two alphabets a day. So what that means, I'd be like A, B, C, D. And that was my swipe. So A, B, C, D. There's 26 letters in the alphabet. So I was like, I'm going to get two alphabets today. So 26 times two, I'm terrible at math. But you get the idea. So I'm like, okay, maybe I'll do one one alphabet today. So 26 swipes. That's all I'm doing. That's all I have time for. But be intentional about your swiping, right? If you only have 26 letters, be intentional, be selective. You know, don't just swipe because, oh, he's cutest of the bunch or she's the cutest. Like, be intentional. Put limits on yourself. Set boundaries. Create a love to-do list is a fun one too. Create a list of fun activities that you want to experience with your future partner. This could be include places to visit, adventures to embark on, maybe dreams or, you know, you on the first date you have some ideas, but like really building on this love to-do list. Like, what do you love to do and do it with that partner? Like, you have dreams too, right? You are the other side of this date. Don't get discouraged. Just have fun with it and put yourself first in a lot of these dates. We often think, well, what does the other person want to do? Put yourself first and see how that goes. I really guarantee you, you're probably going to surprise yourself how well these dates go. When you find that you're actually doing something and going on dates with someone intentional and doing activities that are very intentional. And then my favorite thing, hands down, is just engaging in random acts of kindness. You know, spreading love and positivity by engaging in random acts of kindness. So whether it's volunteering, surprising someone with a small gesture, practicing acts of compassion and generosity, you know, not only does this uplift others, but it also opens the door for potential meeting connections. Say you grab the door for someone or buy someone Starbucks, like that could lead to a conversation. These random acts of kindness are not only going to benefit the people we're doing them for, but be surprised at how much they change your mood and allow for surprising conversations or just interactions you've never really planned. Random acts of kindness is the thing we can start today. And you don't need to be on a date. You don't need to be with anybody. You don't need to have a future partner. It really just starts with you. Try it. I'm I'm just saying, keep an open mind. We talked about a lot of different things today. Today was full of just packed relationship stuff, communication, all the things. We only got three questions in, but every fourth episode is the advice column. If you want to submit your advice or need help with opinion or coaching, whatever it is, you can DM me, you can email me, but this is your time. We covered a lot and I hope that you found a gem today. Thank you so much for showing up for you. Bye guys. I hope today's episode left you better than when I found you. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and tune in every Monday to kickstart your week and set your weekly intentions with me. You can find me and HFH on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok or online at heycourtneybrook.com. I firmly believe in the power of sharing. If you know someone else who would benefit from this podcast, please share it with them. And remember, when you work on you, I get to be there.